question for you. Do you get what you want? Mostly, a lot of the time, you delay it yourself. Sometimes, okay. Um, I would argue you mostly do not get what you want. Um, would you agree that there's a lot of things that you want right now in life? Would you agree? Let's make this interactive, yeah? yeah. Wake the fire. <laughs> would you agree there's a hell of a lot of things that you want in your life? Yes. Do you have them? No. So then you don't get what you want. Because if you got what you wanted, you'd have it. So what point am I making? That is not how the universe works. You do not get what you want. I, I agree with all, all those statements I heard. So for example, when it comes to lessons, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. And the universe is much more wise than you. So when you intended something to be a certain way, and it came in the form of a divorce or going bust or losing a load of finance or some shit, you thought, well, that's not what I wanted, but it was what you needed. Otherwise, you wouldn't have got it. So completely agree with Peter there. I also agree with Garafina, and that was the answer I was going for. I do not believe when it... I'm going to talk about money, but you could probably... In fact, no, I'm going to talk about a relationship because I think that's a better example. You, let, write this down. You do not get what you want. You get what you are. And there's a reason why this is a really important distinction. And I'm writing about this in my new books, and this is new content I've been developing, but it's not really something I've ever said to you. So for those of you that have known me a long time, this is quite new. I'll give you an example. Most people, when they think about getting into a relationship, what's the first thing they think? I want. And they've got to be this and that and this and that and this and that. I even remember going on a personal development course once. And what you had to do to manifest your ideal partner is write a list of all the things you wanted in them, which isn't, other than all you ladies in the room, is no woman ever. And ladies, you're, you know, you're brainstorming out your perfect man. That is no man ever. That man doesn't exist. That woman doesn't exist. So what we're doing is we're creating a, a ridiculous delusional fantasy in our world that we can have the perfect partner. You do not get it. You attract the partner that's attracted to you. So to get the partner, you have to be the partner. So many of you have had relationships long enough to probably know how it works. But if you want a great relationship, you have to be someone, not want something. And it's the same with money. A lot of people are pissed off with Andrew Tate. I'm going back to see him in two weeks, so I'm not one of them. And a lot of people don't agree with a lot of his content. But what him and his brother keep saying is, instead of wanting this woman and chasing these women, get down the fucking gym, get rich, and become the man that woman wants. Actually, I think that's really fucking good advice. All right, there's more to a man than a six pack and a load of money. <laughs> Said no woman ever. <laughs> So that's, that's really good advice. Become what someone else would want. So here's what you need to do to get rich. Become what money wants. When you become what money wants, you are money. And when you are money, you attract money. But most people, oh, well, it's not fair. I just want to pay rise because of inflation. I want to work from home. Take my dog for a walk. Do three days a week. That's how they talk in Peterborough as well. I've done lots of interviews. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't get that. Because like, I'm an employer and I'll just be honest. Do I want to pay someone to walk their dog? No, 
Do I want to pay someone for five days, but they want to do three? No. Why would I? And nor would you. It's, it's, it's insane. But this is the mentality of people. And this is the culture of our dying, ungreat Britain. Fucking suck. Yes. I'm angry. <laughs> so instead of wanting, you know, the amount of people that said, you know, oh, I'm going to be a billionaire. No, you're not. You just want to be one. It's a major difference. So here's what you need to do to work out if you want to make a load more money. Who do I need to be? And then you'll get the money. So do you know when people talk about the law of attraction? Uh, do you know what? I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Why have I not talked about the law of attraction for 16 years? Why have I only just started talking about the law of attraction? Because I think most of it is bullshit. I think it's fluffy nonsense from lazy bastards who don't want to do any work. Even if you've got a billionaire husband, you still got to go and date him and suck, uh, yeah, you know, do, do things. <laughs> At least I stopped myself this time. <laughs> you don't manifest, like, oh, I manifested it. No. So, the, the universe gives more to those who give more. You attract what you are, not what you want. Now there's, in the book, we're gonna write about the frequency and the vibration. People talk about frequency and vibration and all that stuff. I like to think of it more as energy. Like millionaires, we, we resonate together at an energy. So you know when you meet people like this and you know when you meet people on a level or even above, there's an energy resonance, like with Alfie. I mean, Alfie's not a ranty, shouty guy like me. He's, you know, but. He's got an energy. Like Paul and I were talking about it, about that, your question, Jamie, that he answered, I thought was fuck, his answer was fucking brilliant. I've been doing this 17 years and I've not heard an answer like that, about that ceiling and what it is. Because I sometimes sit in board meetings with Mark and sometimes, certainly post COVID, we're making less money at times than we were, you know, when, I was gonna say when we didn't have pubic hair, but I've already said that one and it's inappropriate. When we couldn't grow beards. Mark's looking at me like it should be always going up. And I've never really known how to articulate. It's because we're pushing through the next ceiling. One million, five million, 10 million, 20 million. I was assumed when you became the biggest, that's the goal. The bro when you become the biggest, everyone fucking copies you. And then they start catching. For example, if any of you go and find any of Progressive Properties content, fucking Samuel Leeds is cookieing it and spidering it. And he's all over all of our assets, trying to nick our leads because we're the biggest. He's not doing that to the smallest, he's doing that to the biggest. So we, we're hitting new problems. And Mark's like, well, look at the profit and loss. I'm thinking there's so much more than just a profit and loss. It's a, like a, a stage and I'm putting money in to go to that next level. And then Alfie just, oh, just explained it. He's a billionaire, so you know, I'd have paid a lot of money for that. Well, I don't have to, but I would have done. So. Like when this new book comes out, it is gonna blow away all this nonsense, namby-pamby, fluffy shit. Because do I have faith in the universe? Yes. Do I believe that good things can and will happen to me? Yes. But do I believe it is my divine right to have it? No. Do I believe it just comes to me effortlessly? No. Do I believe I have to become what is needed to get it? Yes. And I believe that's how the universe works. Women leave men because the men that they were, they are no longer. They do, that's why they leave men. Because 
what they had as a perception of a man, that man is no longer. So that man has to become a new man to keep that woman. Like when you become a millionaire, you have to be a decamillionaire first to become a decamillionaire. And then when you're a decamillionaire, you have to become a hundred millionaire first to then be a hundred millionaire. But what most people do is go, I want, I want, I want. Do you know who says, I want, I want, I want? Children. So it's so fucking childish what most people think about the law of attraction. It is like being a child. I want, I want, I want. No, become it. As soon as you become it, it happens. Now, Alfie said something about, yeah, he did, but I've completely forgotten. Um, yeah, thanks for saving me. Yeah. Jamie basically asked, what's the difference between making your first million and your first billion? He said it in slightly different words. That's basically what he asked. And uh, is it a different thing from how to become rich? And it sounded like it could be the same question, but it was a very different question. And Alfie said, I asked him what it takes to become rich and he answered it. And then when Jamie asked this question, which is basically going to a whole new level, he answered it in, in a very different way, in a very powerful way. Basically what he said was, you get to a certain level of success and you have to go backwards to go forwards and you have to take a new level of risk you didn't think you needed to take because you think you're already successful. And Paul and I had the chat. Basically, we both sort of said, we need to take more risks and we need to be prepared to be ridiculed and, and lose in order to win. I know sometimes at, at this level, I play safe. Why? Because I don't want to lose what I've built. And then when I play safe, I feel small and I don't feel myself and I don't feel authentic. And I go back to the times when I was the first person in the whole world at a property networking event to not wear gray. Like everything was fucking gray. And then I didn't just go, not do gray. <laughs> fucking these crazy disruptive stripes. And who are these cocks? Who do they think they are? That was our nickname, the cocks, Robert Mark. Now it's the rich cocks. <laughs> so like I've probably become a bit safe, possibly at times a bit scared because I have so much more to lose now. So linking back to what Alfie said, Jamie, myself, anyone else who's got this question, everything we've built, we have to be prepared to lose the fucking lot if we want to go big. Now Mark isn't, that's why Mark buys loads of assets and parks loads of money and builds up recurring on passive income. And that's why he has me, so I can take all the risks. So Mark will always be the slow and steady guy. He's just been doing it since he was, basically Mark's been investing since he was 15. He's now what, 43? So he's got rich, slow. But it's just, it's just not me. But that, that was a major aha moment for me that I had there. So Jamie, thank you for asking that question because probably in top five aha moments I've had in my entire life as an entrepreneur. Um, and you know, what I love about Alfie and what we build here is you hear stuff all the time, but sometimes you need to hear it a different way or you need to hear it from someone else. Um, so yeah, basically <laughs> Paul said, what I need to do now is go into the board meetings and just play the Alfie video <laughs> to Mark. This is what we're doing. This is why I'm spending all your money. Because Alfie said, next level. Yes. Wasn't it refreshing what Alfie said at the start for like that half hour tax rant? I mean, that's basically everything Mark thinks, but won't say. And Alfie doesn't give a fuck. But then if I could knock someone out with my forehead, like Alfie clearly could, I probably wouldn't give a fuck either. I think, I think Alfie could knock people out before he could walk. I'd probably be like that. But I'm going to talk about something really fucking random. Like, don't judge me for this. But I did some breath work about two months ago. Now, that's not something you'd normally associate with me. I went to a breath work event 
and I did, it's, it's called Bali Breathwork. And I did a three hour breathwork meditation. And it was a weird experience. But one, uh, about an hour and a half in, you know, all these like people who are really good at meditation and can cross their legs and sit their back up straight. I can't even touch my knees. And I'm like this, and they're like this. And my f everything's fucking aching. I can't even just sit in the position. And we're like an hour and a half in, which feels like about two and a half years in, going, ah, ah. And this woman next to me is orgasming. Ah. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? And all of a sudden, what just overwhelmed me is, let me out of this fucking cage. Uncage me. And I had this, like, screaming at me for probably half an hour, uncage me, let me out. And it was a really intense experience that I went through. And I think that's because as you build a business over the years and decades, and as you make money over the years and decades, and as you get known more, You've got thousands of haters and critics. You've got so much to lose. Everyone wants something from you. You know, you've got VAT and tax inquiries left, right, and so you've got all these things that happen in your life. And what can happen is you can lose who you are in the process. And who I am is the me you saw in 2013 and 2014 doing world record speeches and giving it large. And, you know, being bold and being brave and shaking things up. So back to you do not get what you want, you get what you are. And I made a commitment this year to go back to being that guy that got us where we are. Mark doesn't need another Mark, because I sometimes dilute myself down because I think that's what Mark wants. And even in the moment when he's projecting that maybe that is what he wants, when he's honest, it's not what he wants. He wants me to be me, just doesn't have a, a way of articulating it to me that, are, that talks in my language. So point number one I wanted to make, there is a law of attraction, but it doesn't work how most people think it works. That is just a scam that is sold or it is a naive delusion. How it works is as soon as you are it, you get it. So you have to be it, not want it. And if you think about the universe and the power of the universe, surely that just makes complete sense, doesn't it? You don't get what you don't deserve. You don't, you don't attract at a different frequency, you attract at the same frequency. So is that, to me, it's actually, when I think about it, it's common sense. It's just never really, it just doesn't get articulated like that. So here's your exercise to do. Exercise number two, or point number two. You need to figure out who you need to be to get what you want. Instead of trying to get what you want to become who you want to be, you need to reverse it round. That's pretty easy. I, was, it, was anyone with us? Property Super Conference 2012. James Kahn. Oh no, James Kahn was 2010. Yeah, so you were 2012. Bob Geldof, Alan Sugar, Frank Bruno. Yeah, yeah, Frank Bruno and Bob Geldof were the same one, weren't they? James Kahn used to copy how rich people walked. And I remember he said, I thought, that's just fucking weird. Like, <laughs> don't they all walk different? And what he was, like, he'd figured out something way back then that I didn't know. He was figuring out exactly how to become rich by being what rich people are. Now, a walk is one thing, but what they know, where they shop, their network, their skill set, etc. So instead of writing an I want list, write a who do I need to be list. And as soon as you start becoming that, you will get rich. Okay, cool. So there's your exercise. Write that down. The next thing I'd like to share with you is I can predict if you're going to be rich or not. 100% um, accuracy. I need to start doing this more. 
Um, now, rich is obviously um, subjective. So I can predict if you're going to be even more rich than you are, or really rich or not. And it's a quick exercise. You don't even need to tell me. You're going to find out your own answer. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. That's it. Put your wallet on the table. No, only joking. <laughs> 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 right, okay. I want you to imagine the best street close to you where all the rich people live. So what is Millionaire's Row? What is the street near or nearish to you where it is lavish, lavish? It's the best postcode. Some of you are smiling. I saw the table move over there. <laughs> okay, right. I want you to get in your car in your mind now and drive to that street now in your mind. Get in the car, do the journey real quick, speed, and get there now, you're there now, you're on the street. And what I want you to do is park outside the biggest fucking house, the most expensive house on that street, park outside it now. So you're parking outside it, and without looking like a weirdo, I want you to do you undo your window, do your window down, and I want you to look right at that house and picture that house in your mind double, triple, quadruple front, gardens, gated, whatever. Picture it. Right. Now what I want you to do is picture who owns that. And I want you to visualize exactly what that person looks like who owns that house. Get an instant reaction first. Who is that person that owns that house? What exactly do they look like? And once you've got a picture of that person, what, what do they do for a living? How old are they? Male, female? What's, your, what's their energy? What's their industry? And try and get as clear a picture as possible of what that person looks like. Okay, back in the room. On a binary level, if the person you imagined is who you'd wanna be and really rich, you've got a high chance you're gonna be rich. If the person you imagined is in any way negative or not who you'd wanna be, or you could never picture yourself being like that person, you will probably never be rich. And here's why. Because that person doesn't exist, you just imagined them. You imagined what a rich person looked like with no evidence, through social conditioning and how you were raised and everything you believe, you created a fictional character of a rich person. And if that person isn't someone you'd love to be, you're never gonna be what you need to be to become rich because you'd never wanna be someone you wouldn't wanna be like. And do you know what, when I used, I, I never did that exercise because they didn't know that exercise, very powerful. And you need to change that imagination. But I used to think rich people were greedy, powerful, in a bad way, hungry, screwed people over, yuppies, you know, wore expensive suits, you know, con artists, ran Ponzi schemes, drug dealers. That's what I thought rich people were. Of course, no one actually wants to be that, even if you end up becoming that through society, no one wants to become that. So I would do everything to reject that. The music you listen to, the clothes you wear, the opinions you have would be the opposite of that. And while you believe that's what rich people are, you're always gonna repel it because you're never gonna be it because you don't wanna be it. So good news for you is if you pictured someone who you would actually admire and love to be, you're on the right track. It, if you pictured anything negative or a bit like, wow, untouchable, you need to change your perception of what that millionaire is. Here's why. Because why can't you be what they are? 
there is absolutely no reason on this planet that you can't be what they are. But you won't be what they are if they aren't what you want to be. Cool. Um, I think I'm going to do about another 20 minutes, Alex. Yeah, cool. And when I say that, can you give me a reminder in about 20 minutes to shut the fuck up? Yeah, thank you. You have my permission to do that? Okay, right. I did plan this talk. My phone's not syncing. I just wanted to get a, a few more points I wanted to share with you. Thanks for coming, by the way. This is awesome to see you all. Um, there was, actually. December the 15th, 2005. Yeah. It didn't... I didn't... So for those of you that don't know, that was when my dad had a major nervous breakdown in his pub in front of all of his customers. The police beat him up in front of my mum, my sister and me, seeing their pain. I felt massive amounts of shame because I'd... Basically, I was a 26-year-old ju juvenile. Like, if you live with your mum and dad and you can't pay your own way, you're allowed to do that at nine. Well, I'd rather my kids fucking paid, but you're allowed to do that at nine. In my world, you shouldn't be doing that at 26. But I just couldn't admit that. I know the world's changed now with how housing works and everything, but you know, my generation, you fucking moved out when you're 18 and you stood on your own two feet and that's what you did. And I was still like, everything I'd got, my dad had got me helped me with my first car, helped me with my first house, paying me to work. And I felt like I was such a drain on him and I was so embarrassed inside and I never shared it with anyone, I just held it in. Um, and I was so scared because I didn't know how I could go and get another different type of job. I didn't, I didn't know what skill I had. The only thing I, skill I had, I felt, was that I was a good artist. Although some of you are questioning that now. <laughs> um, but I'd, I had the belief that you don't make money if you're an artist. You only make money if you're a greedy, evil, capitalist, penny stock, Ponzi scheming, Bernie Madoff. That, that was my belief system. And society and upbringing and clearly hanging around with what I didn't know were really extreme lefties clearly made this belief in me and, and I'd owned it. And then like, it didn't change in that moment. What changed is my willingness through desperation to find out what I needed to know to be rich. Because I remember going to the first property networking event and I thought, fucking hell, what is this? Like, ugh, these people. You know, I had like spiky hair here and cowboy boots and ripped jeans and I listened to Rage Against the Machine. And I, well, just paint an honest picture. And, and I felt so out of my depth, but the pain was a bigger driver at that point. Um, look, if you need to do work on what you envisage a really rich person to be, then all you need to do is just put better information into your brain and reprogram your brain. Like, is there an, a, an average type of millionaire? No. Can you be a millionaire in any industry in the world? Pretty much, yeah. Can millionaires be men and women and non-binary? Yeah. There isn't a type of millionaire. There's someone who learned how to become a millionaire and everyone else who didn't fucking learn how to become a millionaire. That's all there is. So if you know that as a fact, then the judgments go. Because some of you have a disdain for the rich, but some of you have a lack of belief that you could be it. And they're the, the sort of two extremes, which is why I said, if you did pedestalize someone and like, wow, they're untouchable, that's showing a, a lack of belief in yourself that you could be that. And you know, people always justify, well, it's not just about being rich, it's about being a nice person. <laughs> I, you could be a nice person and be rich. If I had the choice between being a rich twat and a nice brokey, I'd be a rich twat because I'd probably not think I'm a twat. <coughs> so everyone else would be bothered, but I wouldn't. 
Like being rich is so underrated by society. So underrated. Like, I love what Alfie said about the morals. That was really powerful, because that was fucking honest. Most people out there will not be that honest, but I think he's true. Basically, you can have principles and morals if you can afford it. When you're fighting for your life and your kid's life, we're all begging, borrowing, stealing, cheating, fighting and fucking. Well, maybe we're not doing the last one, but I always just have to add that in there because of my repression. <laughs> what you repress, you must express, my therapist told me. <laughs> right, anyway, thanks for coming. I've got about four minutes left. Right, um, when are more millionaires made? in a recession. What are we pretty much in even though they're not telling us we're in? A recession. What's definitely coming if it's not here yet? A recession. So I, I hope that you are thinking, now's your time. Like sometimes, I, I, I met my friend Daniel Priestley and in, in this, there was Ryan, myself, Daniel Priestley and John Lee. And John Lee's just had a fallout with his business partner and he's, in some ways he's starting again. And he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should do something completely different to what I've been doing for 17 years. And Daniel said, you're in your prime, John. Because as an entrepreneur, the average age to start is 44. So sort of 55, 60, you're in your prime as an entrepreneur. And that really changed things for me because we always assume we're too fucking old now. And sometimes like, I've been doing this 17 years and sometimes I do feel a, a little bit tired and I never thought I'd feel a bit tired. And actually I had my birthday on the 4th of January and I turned 45. And I felt fucking amazing. And I felt really young. And I had all this energy. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Alex, can you eject this gentleman? <laughs> David, we used to be friends. Thank you. And I, and I had that moment. And then what Daniel Priestley said, we are all in our prime now. Everything we've done is the fucking warm up. We are in our prime. It is our time. And I, I really feel that. You know, billionaires, it's their third or fourth or eighth try of a business. So there's that element. And then there's the element of the fact that probably in the cycle, the next two, three years might be like 2008 was. Because Mark always says, oh, I wish it was 2009. We were buying properties for nothing. Wish I could go back there and buy 100 or 1,000. Well, maybe next year, maybe this year is 2009 all over again. Just a cycle ahead. So here's the thing, like, I've read all the books like you have. Observe the masses and do the opposite. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And we know the theory of it, but the rubber hits the road when you actually are in it and you feel it. So for example, when COVID happened, everyone who I knew panicked. And I actually didn't. I remember having dinner with one of my partners and Catherine, my MD. And my partner said, we're going into lockdown. This country is getting shut down. This is the end. And I was like, whatever. She said, like, this is the apocalypse. <laughs> shut up. And then it happened. And I was like, well, it's not going to be that bad. Because I know I'm a positive person. I know I can always overcome any challenge. I know this about myself. In fact, I know when it's hardest, I am best. I know this. So in fact, if I want to shine, I need to find hard challenges because I'm always my best when it's hardest. And what happened was, slowly but surely, everyone started to panic. My peer group, the masterminds I'm in, you know, the syndicate, which is a mentoring group I'm in, Mark, my wife, Catherine, our senior managers, everyone panicked. And I panicked and I didn't even know I was panicking. I only panicked because everyone else was fucking panicking. 
And I fucking knew intellectually that that's not the time to panic. And winners observe the masses, everyone panicking, and do the opposite. And I fucking let myself get sucked in. I sold all my fucking watches. I had a Patek Philippe. I bought it for, it was 36 grand new. I paid, no, it was 35 grand new. I paid 25 for it and I sold it for 36. I made 11 grand on a 25 grand purchase and I sold it because everyone was panicking and that fucking thing went up to 150 grand. And do you know what? If I sat down and actually thought about it, I could have predicted that COVID would have created a, a, a bubble in the housing market and a bubble in the watch market because basically there was low supply and the basic fundamental is supply and demand. And if I'd have just stopped panicking and I wasn't even, I was I'm like, uh, 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 I was pretend panicking. I don't even think I was like, I don't think I shit myself. I just think everyone else had. So I was like, shit, I have. <laughs> Sorry, that's too much. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're getting it all sat at the front, aren't you? Bless you. And so I had a um, Richard Meal, a fucking grail watch, like tits on a timepiece. It was just like, ah. <laughs> And it was my Grail watch. A Grail watch is the one watch that it's the one you'd have. And in every watch community, they talk about what's your Grail watch? What's your one? And I fucking bought it for 72 grand. It was worth 80. I got a good deal on it. And I got my watch for life and I fucking sold it in a panic. They're worth 280 grand now. And I sold my fucking crypto at like 12 pence. And I just fucking, and Mark was like, we need cash, cash. Sell everything. I sold my fucking dog, my kids, I put them on eBay. <laughs> fucking sold everything. <laughs> and now I really regret it because all the crypto I sold's gone like that. All the watches I sold have gone like that. And I fucking knew better. But I don't really know the initial point I started to make in 1985 when I started this talk. Yes, observe the masses and do the opposite. And when you actually get a chance to do it, actually do it and don't. I was like, observe the masses, do the opposite. Oh, I'm scared. I'm doing the same as the masses. That's actually what happened. And you know, I got some fucking brilliant lessons in business. Um, most of my best lessons in business were March 2020 onwards. Um, I went into operations to, you know, like if you see the ship is sinking, I basically picked up this cup and started fucking <laughs> over you, David. Like, why would I do that? Why would the owner of the business pick up a fucking cup and chuck the water out? It's stupid. Should have been on deck. That's where we're going. But I panicked and did what everyone else was doing. And I fucking regret. I'll tell you something I really regret. I am angry with myself that I didn't run courses through COVID. I'm angry with myself because we did not run courses because it was illegal. But I knew those fucking clowns in government. I believe what they were doing were crimes against humanity. You might not agree with me, that's okay. We can agree to disagree and like, I'm not gonna judge you if you don't agree, but I think I have sympathy because it hadn't happened in their lifetime and it was hard. And if they thought the world was gonna die, but, but after a couple of weeks, they fucking knew what was going on and they kept locking us down. And I think that was a crime against humanity. And I was gobbing off on social media that it was a crime and I was going really viral. And then all my stuff, like, well, we can't run events, we can't run events. And I was thinking, I just want to run events. Can't run events, we can't run events. 
and we didn't run events. And I know a couple of people who did, and we didn't run events because we were scared, and we should have run events. I really, like, I regret that. And I, like, if there's a lockdown, you can all stand behind me and I'll fucking walk like this in London. <laughs> Motherfuckers! I'll take one for the team. Not on my watch. Right, how long have I got left, Alex? Fucking hell. Five minutes. Shit. Right. More millionaires are made in a recession. Tick. Um, oh, Robert Kiyosaki. Not really coming back to the UK. Tony Robbins. Probably not coming back to the UK. The biggest event promoter in the UK. That's not in our space. It's in a wider space. Bit bigger than us in revenue. Pretty much bust. Pretty much not running events in the UK. So, um, it, even Daniel Priest is like, oh, well, you know what, Rob? All these new influencers like Hormozy and um, Imad Gadzi, you know, they don't do events. They don't even know what an event is. They just do it all on YouTube live streams. And the more people try and convince me that events are dead, the more fucking events I'm going to do. Like, you can't tell me events are dead. And um, we did a moneymaker summit, didn't we, Ryan, when everyone said events were dead. And we had probably one of our best progressive success events. So um, there's an opportunity in your industry where everyone is saying, oh, this is dead and you can't do this and zoom and yada yada. I actually think that's your opportunity. It's definitely our opportunity. And I'm going big in events 2024 and beyond. I've also got lifetime unlockables to deliver to you NFT buyers. So I've got to keep running events. I want to keep running events. I wanted to tell you that so you know what I'm doing, but I also wanted to tell you that because in your industry, everyone's telling you what you can't do and what you shouldn't do. That's probably what you should. That's what observe the masses and do the opposite means. How, for how many years, so Jamie, Paul, you know, for how many years have people been saying, oh, Facebook ads are dead. Oh, you know, they're, they're too expensive now. There's too much competition. Good, keep fucking saying it. Facebook ads are not dead. In fact, people were saying, oh, Facebook ads kill Google ads. Google ads are not dead. So mostly what people say is a projection of their own fears not actually true. Um, there's a couple of concepts I wanted to talk about because many of you in this room have invested heavily in yourself. Masterminds, mentoring courses, and there probably comes a point when you're like, when, when can I stop that and start receiving the money? It's not how it works. I just signed up to a, a new mastermind in mid-December this year. So I've been doing this 17 years. I don't need to do any more masterminds and I don't need to make any more money. And I signed up to a new mastermind in December this year. It's actually Andrew Tate's. And the reason I do that is because I know what got me here may not get me there. Now, in many ways, I run a ship that's maybe more efficient and effective than Andrew Tate's. But in many ways, fucking hell, he's come and blown the water away with how he's hacked social media, how he runs a, a global online mastermind program. So I joined it. I might, I might be one of the least people that actually needs anything from it, but I fucking joined it. And I know many of you here, that's what you do. That's why you're here. But what I would say is don't stop it. Because remember, you don't get what you want. You get what you are. So if you hang around a load of millionaires, that's what you become. So everything that you've done and you're normally what I have to do is convince people who aren't ready to invest in themselves to invest in themselves. I don't need to convince you of that because you do it. But it doesn't stop. It never stops. We've got a 53 grand fucking bill for a new license on our 99 apartment block. So the expenses don't fucking stop. So nor should the investment in you. It's a continual thing. You are your best asset. Invest in yourself wisely. You pay yourself the best return. Um, some people say to me, like, how should you choose what to invest in and who to listen to? So 
I have, I, I, I thought it was a really good question and here's why. I always used to think that I knew best, that was when I was broke. Then when I became rich, I realized the person that knows best is the person that's rich. So now I go and invest with courses, masterminds and mentoring with the person who's rich. And then I realized a lot of people aren't investing in themselves because of their partner, their husband, their wife, their family, or what their peer group or everyone else will say about what they're doing. And it ha I had an epiphany. Isn't it great that we can be in this room, having done this for 10 and 20 years and still get epiphanies? I personally, I'm very grateful to life for that. Here's an epiphany I had. If you've got what I want strategically and tactically, I'm investing in you and your program. I'm, I'm gonna join Paul's mastermind if what Paul knows, I can learn. But when it comes to investing in myself, I'm not getting anyone's permission but my own. I'm not asking my fucking wife. Like, because I know better, because I got rich. Now, I'm, I'm lucky I've got a wife that is no, of course she's spent the money on, because she's got about fucking million pounds worth of cars and million pounds worth of jewelry and everything else. And I think she's pretty happy. But I know a lot of people have people who hold them back. When it comes to you, it's your life, it's no one else's. And here's what I've learned. In order to be really successful, you actually have to piss off a lot of the close people around you and you have to make decisions that they don't like. Um, did any of you see the interview I did with David Goggins? Give, show me your hand if you saw that. Okay, maybe you didn't, but he said, do you know what, Rob, sometimes I sit my wife down and I say, you've got to let me go because I've got to do this. I'm going to be gone for three months and you can't stop me and I love you, but you've got to let me go and if you don't, I'm going anyway. It's a terrible impression. <laughs> and basically, he's going to fucking do it because that's who he is and he hopes that his wife will support him. I mean, it, it did actually make me twinge a bit when Alfie basically said he'd divorce for a lower tax bill. That's <laughs> basically what he said. I'm like, fuck. But what he actually is saying is, when it comes to me and my life, I make the decisions. No one else wears my trousers. So if I want knowledge, I go to experts. If I'm thinking about where I spend and invest my money and what I invest in, I'm not consulting anyone because it's my life. And I just realized so many people are held back because of friends and family. You know, some people say, oh, I've got an inheritance and they're worried about misusing the money. But the person that passed you that money would just want you to be happy. So there's people hold on to money and they don't release it because of all these fears. Anyway, I've got to get the fuck out of here. I was going to say sorry that I shouted at you all and spat at you all. <laughs> I'm actually not sorry because I quite enjoyed myself. Um, so uh, should we take a quick break? Do, do we do a break now, Alex? Go and comfort yourself for five minutes. I have to run because I've got an appointment in London. I fucking love this. I hope you have. There's still more. See you later.